Look. Have mercy on me. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Bluff. I am your host, Christian Fowler. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Gabe Coon. Gabe, what's up? Not much. It's episode... What episode is it? What What number? Sesinta. Sesinta Nueve. So, what does that translate to in English? Sesinta Nueve. It's uh, episode 69. Nice. On the nice. Hell yeah. Welcome in episode 69 of On the <laughs> Man, uh, what's terrible. happening, brother? I'm good. I'm, I'm hanging in there. You're I'm good? hanging in there. I had a very chill weekend. Yeah. Uh, watch crazy. the Tigers get absolutely skull drug. Um, I could use some expletives yeah, to, to sure. explain what that was, but I'm not going to do that. Hey, we're on YouTube. Um, you can do whatever you want. And then I watched, or I didn't really watch the All Star break. Can we just, the, the NBA All Star break is so bad. trash. It's so it's bad. bad. It's terrible. If you're, if you're trying to, I mean, if you're trying to you, have to, anything, do men- you have to do mental gymnastics to try to make that passable that is horrible to like me. if i was an nba player i'd be like just give me the week off uh, three-point just- contest cool sure steph for sabrina cool everything else just toss it in the trash and rethink it yeah mac mcclung is a two-time dunk champion back to back how back many times back. has he played in the nba <laughs> do you mean you know let me look i'm actually I don't know. gonna look tell this me up. how many nba games he's played i'm gonna Play. actually look this let up. me know not many give me a second Matt. i watched jalen brown this is the most imbe- I mean, that was terrible. He got booed <laughs> heavily. I heard Shannon Sharp talking about it with uh, Stephen A. Smith, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, we've had, you know, Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall, Mac McClung jumped over Shaq, and Jalen Brown jumped over Kai Sanat, who's already three feet tall, <laughs> sitting down." <laughs> He goes, what am I going to do with that, Stephen A? And I'm like, I agree with you, dude. You're not wrong. And then he, like, covered his eyes, even though he's supposed to do that during the dunk. Everybody else was covering their eyes. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. Mac McClung. How many games? His storied career has lasted. Give me a guess. How many games? Six. I'm going to go 12. You're both over. (laughs) Three? Four. Oh, God. And he's won two Hell slam yeah. dunk competitions. Oh, my God. And, and you know what? I, I can't even blame him, though. No, it's, it's just the state of everything. Not his fault. Poor guy. They're and just running him out there as like a circus sideshow. And can I say something that might be sacrilegious in the NBA world? Say something. I'm really tired of the NBA tonight, guys, on inside the NBA. <laughs> I think that show actually sucks ass now. Dude, they don't watch the games. And then Kenny Smith, just what the hell was he doing this weekend? Like, Ernie Sabrina Johnson and Steph, awesome. like, actually competed really well. And Sabrina had 26 points from the NBA three-point line. He's like, there's a reason they have a women's and a men's three-point line. Just like you have a women's and a men's tee. On a golf course. And I'm like, well, she just hit 26. She would have made the finals right. in the normal competition. Didn't, didn't Dame win it with 26? <laughs> yeah. Like, they, 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 they had 26 in the initial round. That right. was the, the line to get through. She had 26 from the men's line. And he's like, there's a reason there's a men's and a women's tee. Yeah, I can honestly say I did not watch a single second. Reggie Miller was like, you just want her to play with dolls. I'm like, what the hell What the hell are y'all doing right what is now? Go- what is going You're on? You're embarrassing yourself. Right and then Charles Barkley started talking about the homeless people in San Francisco. <laughs> he said he wants... Yeah, anyway. He called them like, what'd he say? He's like, those homeless crooks in San Francisco. I'm like, good God. And then the You third- guys are just trying to dig yourself a hole. I mean, the, the product sucks already. Now the analysis sucks. And then he, What's well, going on here? Speaking of analysis, to bring this back to Memphis, on Thursday night on the NBA TNT game, Milwaukee versus Memphis, Memphis trotted out their G League unit against <laughs> Damon and Giannis and won the game. Yeah. In that game. Oh, he said, could UConn beat the He said UConn line? would skull drug no, the, he didn't the say it, but he's like, UConn would compete against the starting five of the Grizzlies. I'm like, dude. You're crazy. You just watched them beat the Bucks on national TV, and this is when you want to say that? Yeah. Like, if they got beat by 60, sure. Roll that line out there. But they, they just won. beat Giannis and Dame. <laughs> right. I just don't think <laughs> like, that. What the hell is I this? just don't think that show is any good anymore at all. I just think they, it's kind of boring it, at this point. Well, it's not boring. That's one thing it's not. They're funny. But that's it. I mean, they don't actually watch the games. Define like funny. That. I guess I guess some people's version of funny is different than mine. Like I'm just not into they it. They usually have fun and they're funny at the expense of others. Yeah. I'll give them that. But then sometimes it's funny to me sometimes. 
Well, you're a you're a sadomasochist. So <laughs> you might be a sociopath. So. What? Huh? Wait, wait, you don't you don't laugh sometimes at others' pain. Let's be honest. You watch comedy. People do that I all the time. I actually don't watch much comedy anymore. I think it's I think comedians these days are weirdo as hell, honestly. I think they're I think comedy is in a really weird place right now. Honestly. As far as movies or like stand up, stand up, stand up, I think stand-up, 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 stand-up is by far the best it's ever been. <laughs> I think it's I disagree. hilarious. I disagree. It's wonderful. Do you get a? Are you like okay? And I swear I'm not trying to sound like freaking you know. Are you going to ask me if I'm a snowflake? Are you going to ask me if I'm a snowflake? No. Do you get offended by it? Is that is that where we're? Is I that? just don't think it's funny. I think I think it's I think that there. That's is, offensive. No, I don't find it funny. It's offensive. There are when it. One of the things, like when you when you used to listen to old comedians, guys, they would talk about things that were just like, um, not amateur, but almost like easy pickings, right? Like this is just easy to talk about. Do you like easy. Eddie Murphy raw? <laughs> Kenny, say, say yes, because I know you did. Say yes. Say yes, Kitty. <laughs> huh? Did you like Eddie <laughs> Murphy said, Raw? I'm, Say yes. I'm on the phone. I'm busy over here. <laughs> <laughs> He's pleading the fifth. See? I don't know, man. I find it hilarious. I think I like there's people that don't like Shane Gillis. There's people that don't like Dave Chappelle. People that don't like Bill Burr. I find all of them hysterical. Yep. Tom Segura, hilarious. Tom Segura, hilarious. Bert, hilarious. I'm sorry. I, I, whatever. I'm a snowflake. I'm sorry. I, I hate to say to it. Even Okay. I, I'm going to say this. Oh, say God. It. I don't know if I say should it. say it. We're here. I don't know if I should say it. It's okay. This is a safe place. Nobody watches. Yeah, nobody. Okay, it's a safe place until I actually blurt this out of my mouth. Uh, maybe we'll agree with you. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is hilarious. <laughs> but, like, you remember 2018, Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, hey. Remember the hey. whole thing. I remember the whole thing. Uh, he had a bit recently, or I guess it was 2021 or two. He put one out on Hulu, and he was talking about the whole thing. Right. And he's like, everybody has their things. You know how bad it is that you know my thing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, he's got, he's poking at it, and he's right. admitting yeah, he's, it up front. He's funny. Ron White? I love Ron White. <sighs> Not yeah. a Ron White fan. No, I'm fine with Ron White. He's, I, he's, I grew up you know, listening to Ron White because my mom liked Ron White. Yeah. Blue collar comedy. Is he's, he's in not, not great health, is he? I don't no, think, I think he, he had to stop drinking. I think he's in the best health but he, he's ever But he had in. to stop drinking. Yeah, he's not yeah. drinking anymore. He had yeah. some big liver issues. Yeah, but he still does other things. Yes. What do you mean? For he still sure. gets down. He uh, <laughs> he he's one of the ayahuasca people. He yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no. he's big on the hallucinogens. When are we gonna do an on the bluff ayahuasca trip? Never, <laughs> not one time ever. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm setting something I'm okay. up for the three of us right. to go to. We will let you go. You you want that mind to wander, huh, Kenny? <laughs> <Woo-wee. laughs> My mind is a scary enough place. I don't need any. Else to help. Kenny's offended by modern day comedy, but he wants to do ayahuasca. I think he was saying comedy is too intellectual for him. Oh, <laughs> oh! yeah, Shane Gillis is an intellectual. I was. Uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> get out that's of my fair. face. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's that is that is that is comedy for bros right there. <laughs> that, that is, is that, the that definition of bro is. comedy. And, okay, that's a great definition. That's what annoys me. I don't, okay. I'm not a fan of the bro comedy right now. Like, yeah, I just think my it's brother. My bro. brother hates it. Like hates it. I just think it's not funny. I, just think I was a, in a football locker room growing up. You can't hold it against no. me. Kenny's it's just, just like a hater. I, I, I laugh at things like that. Kenny's a hater. Now, to be fair, I'll give this to Kenny. It does, it does, you know, lean to your worst intuitions, like your worst things, the worst things that you find funny. Yeah. But but the thing is, is like those intrusive thought, that intrusive thought comedy. Everybody kind of has that. Yeah, bit. whether you want to admit it or not, right. it's kind. It's there to an extent. It may not be yes, a, a massive yeah. extent, but yeah. everybody's got crazy thoughts, yeah. and it's just somebody on a stage saying those thoughts out and loud and making you uncomfortable, right? But also kind of making you comfortable because you're like, I thought that. <laughs> I thought that too. But I thought I, I was nuts for thinking that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then there's 300 people around you laughing. You're like, okay, I feel validated. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> Dapping them up. You're like. You do. You <laughs> All right. Nice. What are your intrusive thoughts? <laughs> Lots of high fives in the crowd. Right. Like, right. Yeah. What are your intrusive thoughts about this Tigers basketball team that you want to let out, let the world know? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how far we can go in. Come this. on. No, we can. Let's Dude, go. It, let it. Let it rip. I'm tired. I'm tired. Okay. I'm All right. tired. All right. Let's do it. Let it rip. Let's do it. 
This team was top ten in the country several weeks ago. They are now nowhere near <laughs> that, obviously. And this is let's call it what it is. This is embarrassing. Yeah. This is one hundred percent embarrassing. This is a team that had four wins against top 25 opponents. They look like one of the better teams in the country. They look like they had every opportunity to do everything. Every Memphis basketball team since 2008 has been trying to do. Was that, did I just say the wrong year? 2006? 2008. Eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you got yeah, it. Yeah, there good. we go. You're good, buddy. Um, they, they had those opportunities. Everything was on the table for this team. They were one of the best teams in the country. They had talent at every position. They had depth pretty much at every position. And you fast forward, and it, it the wheels have completely fallen off. Even last week, after three consecutive wins, neither one of us felt very good. We felt better. It was more positive. But even talking here last week, talking on your show last week, it was like, maybe, but let's see. Well, we'll see what happens. So we're not going to be optimistic. We called this week like the biggest week for them the rest of the year against North Texas and SMU, two games they were not favorites in. And they embarrassed themselves in both of those games, specifically the SMU game. Like the North Texas game had a lot riding on it. And you felt like if that was a game they won, they could have used that to catapult, yada, yada, yada. Well, they lose that game, and then they go completely the they other way. They lost direction. by a combined 37 points these right. last two games. Right. And it's like they didn't they didn't care. Like, they they, they the quit. S- the, the SMU game, they completely quit. They quit. It was 106 to 79. Of course you quit. Yeah. And with 15 minutes left in the second half, we're sitting here with a 20-point deficit, and you're just saying, I, I had to change a channel. Yeah. Because not only was it embarrassing, it was – it's – so hard to watch this team play basketball right now. Yeah, it's ugly. I put out a tweet, and I swear I stand by this. I said, if you're not insane from watching this team play basketball, you're beating the odds. (laughs) It literally makes you insane watching them play. Because you see Javon Quitterly, you've seen him play at, at multiple stops, be a good player. You see David Jones, who's been really solid this year. You see Jaquan Walton, who you had high hopes for. You see, you know, Nick Jordan, who who was at one point this year the most efficient player in college basketball. And you see them all just playing miserable basketball, right. maybe besides David Jones. But David Jones, by the end of that game, I swear to you, and he doesn't play a whole lot of defense anyway, but he was just getting film. Like yeah. I swear to God, that's what he was doing. He's yeah. taking every shot down the floor, especially at the end of that first half. But you want to know my intrusive thought? Yeah. And <sighs> we've gone six years, right? Two NCAA tournament teams, one NCAA tournament win. One of the craziest stat, though, hmm. since Cal left, this team's this program's only had three tournament wins. It's crazy. That nuts. But one, Penny has one of those. I'm six years in, and when Penny was brought in, yes, there was a money issue with Tubby Smith, and you had to fill the stands again and get people to buy in. I get that. But Penny Hardaway, it's like, okay, he understands the city. He understands recruiting. He understands this program. He's going to build this program. I am at this point watching the way that these rosters are coming together, watching the lack of understanding of these players of the city and of the team and the system that Penny wants to run. And I find myself truly questioning if Penny Hardaway is a program builder. I don't think he is right now. Yeah. Things could flip around. He could change his mindset on everything, but I don't think Penny Hardaway is a program builder. Cause what we're watching is guys just churn in, churn out, not really latch on to this city. Maybe last year we saw that with Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. But going into the next year, you don't really have a solid base unless David Jones comes back, which who knows if that's going to happen. But like this program is at the spot where you're 18 and 8. You're not going to make the tournament in all likelihood unless you pull off the impossible at the AAC tournament. And then what do we have to look forward to next year? Because even if he recruits some great talent, Everyone's going to meet it with skepticism yeah. and wonder actually what's going to happen. I downplayed this entire offseason, and I feel stupid for doing it, continuity and guys understanding the program they're on. I think it's become increasingly clear 
that that's a big issue with this team and why people nationally were not ready to jump on board with this team because they didn't have enough continuity and they didn't really have guys in the locker room that you knew for certain were going to be dogs game in, game out. Yeah. Because this is their second or third stop. And I'm just, that's my intrusive thought. Like, I'm questioning if Penny Hardaway can ever become the program builder we thought he could be. I, th- I think that's completely fair because if you look at his tenure as a whole, it was always going to be a slow build. Yes. From, he had from, to learn. From Learning on the job. From not only what was left over from the Tubby era, but also from a coach being in his first stint as a collegiate coach. Yes. He'd only coached at the high school level before that. Six years in, back-to-back tournament years – one tournament win in those years. This was the tipping point season. And then you see the talent that was brought in, and you think, man, he's he's putting it together. Because last year, uh, and I don't want to be too short-term memory, but for the most part, Solid Penny did a year. hell of a yeah. coaching job yeah. last year. The That team last year didn't have nearly as much talent as this team this year. It just fit better with what he it, wants to do. Exactly, exactly, and I think I think there's a lot to be said for that. So I, I don't know if I'm ready to say like Penny's a terrible coach. And he, no, no, uh, I'm no, not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're saying right. that, but you've seen it. You've seen that. But I'm saying you've seen people say these things. But to to your point of program builder, yes, that's a different than a good coach. Program builder is, is year longevity. after year. I know what to expect. I'm recruiting the right players, and we have consistency. Right. And There's not a level of consistency with this program. So, what that what? Let's define a little bit of what a program builder is. You bring players in, you develop players. Those players turn into stars. Those players go on to the next level. You've got a new cycle behind yes. them, and that is just cyclical yes. throughout exactly. your tenure as a head coach. Exactly. Penny tried to do that in the beginning. He tried to bring in players and develop them, and those guys stay along, and it just he never really got over the hump with it. And so then last year, and he said this publicly, he changed his style of recruiting and his philosophy on how you can have a successful team. A rent a team is basically yes. what he's saying he can have success with. Go get players, go handpick players from different schools, bring them in ingrain them in the program, boom, that's how you do it. You speed up success. But how does that really work? Because to your points, when you don't have a lasting culture, when you don't have developed talent behind those guys, when you don't have people that understand the program, the history, the culture, what they're playing for, the city they're playing in, they don't have they don't have any type of ties. To a place besides nil money or something right, like that, right. right? Because that's just something that happens over yes. time. We see kids all the time; they come from different places, but that becomes the second home. And you're not seeing that with with these teams because they're 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 rental teams. They're one two year rentals. And so, how do you, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you build a program with guys that are in one year and out the next? it's not going to happen. And you say, well, how did it work last year? They went to the tournament. They really had a chance to make a deep run last year. There wasn't many one-year – that was a mixed well, team let's be clear of culture too. guys. Let's be clear about the head of the snake. Right. The two guys at the top, DeAndre Williams was diehard Memphis, Memphis. Yeah. cut him, bleed Memphis blue, right. gave a damn love penny. Kendrick Davis, he had been at SMU. He'd played against Memphis. Right. He knew what it was about. Right. He'd played in Memphis several different times. Right. Had a great relationship with Penny. And he came. It was completely different. Completely Those different. T- two guys at the top understood what it was about Memphis that they wanted to play in this city. Right. And then you and still this, had your returning guys. And then guys. you still had some guys. And you, Yeah. And then you filled in the blanks with Keontae Kennedy and Elijah McCann and Demaria Franklin. Right. But they had a good example set for them at the top. I just – I fail to find going forward who sets that example. Like, I, I guess it's not v- clearly mm-hmm. visible right now. 
But, like, you have to find guys that you just trust. And Alex Lomax was that guy for a long time. Right. And I think a lot of people this week have spent a lot of time, like, apologizing. Because <laughs> he was a guy who always was going to lead by example, play the defense that Penny wanted, uh, communicate the at the system. highest level. Yeah, do the system, do it exactly how he wanted. But, like, going forward, I just I, – I don't – I don't know who that person could be, and you could get them out of the portal. But then, then again, it's like I, I don't know, man. I I, really. I, you're just at this weird inflection point with this program, and you're starting to realize some things that are scary. And I think too, uh, you know, when we talk about NIL and getting in transfer portal additions, the other concern I have is one, the transfer portal this year. The guys in the transfer portal are going to look at what happened this year with this team and be like, you know, I don't know. Like, they're going to have second thoughts. And then also the people giving money. Right. Think about the donors right now. They're probably pissed off. At least yeah. a fair amount of them. Yeah, because... And it, I don't blame them for being pissed off. Yeah, I get there was, it. There was a lot given to bring this team yes. in. And this was Penny's call. Penny had a call to action. Yeah. This entire offseason about, hey, we need more. We need to give more. Right. And they did. They they ponied up, and it's not equaling what you thought it was going to equal. Right. They, so then 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 I think there's this thought process behind some of the donors and the people behind the scenes losing faith in the thought process that Penny Hardaway has. Yeah. And that's just again we're at a weird spot. And I think this la the end of this season going into this off season is going to tell us so much about the future of Penny Hardaway in Memphis. Yeah. No, I think that's very well put and. To go a little bit more basketball philosophy on it, I think so many times, like in these modern days, that we forget basketball is still a team sport. Yep. I know. I know. We all want to celebrate individual players, and ISO ball has become so popular, and that that's really like the new wave. But at the end of the day, it's it's a team game. Yep. And if you don't have cohesion. You're not going to win, especially at the collegiate level. I think you can get away with it a little bit more in the NBA because if you have an elite, elite star power, possibly. At the college level, you can have stars, but if you don't have cohesion, if you don't have team, then, you, then you're not going to do anything. You look at, and this is why I kind of question the rent-a-team style of yeah. trying to win a championship. You look at basketball champions – they're, they're, that, that still hasn't happened. We still haven't seen these elite. They do get in transfers, but those transfers may stay for a couple of years. But you do have I'm freshmen. I'm saying that a platoon. New yeah, like team. swap. Yeah. Which is what it's going to be going into next year. Too. Right. And it was into this year. Right. And so I just don't, I don't think at the college level without continuity, without guys understanding the system and their teammates and what their coaches want. That's another thing. Coaching continuity, I yeah. think, is a big thing that That's has true. not been talked about. And under that's Penny Hardaway been very, very much. tough for Penny. It just hasn't been something that he's had as a lot of coaching continuity. Um, I think that is obviously big with program building and establishing a culture. But you got to have guys that are bought in and not to an idea of, yes, you get all of us together, we can win a national championship, but to each other and to the system and to the city. And this all sounds cliche and a little goofy, but like look around, look around college basketball and who wins championships and who are the best teams. In the country, and that's that's what they are. There, there's a. I think you like you're saying you can have a mixture of bring in a couple of missing pieces, but you got to have a nucleus. Yes, and we did all off season was you know the one thing is eh, continuity. I downplayed it though. We did no. To we be did. fair, no, no, no I, we did. I, I, I am as guilty as anybody right. in downplaying because it was there's not a lot of continuity, but yeah, there was never there's not a lot of continuity. So who knows? Yes. There was always but look at. What look they at have, the talent. Holy but shit. look at what they have. But you have to have a nucleus. This team had no nucleus coming into the year, and it has clearly allowed them to completely go off the rails because they have nobody to rein them back in. There isn't that sense of pride within themselves as a team to bring it back of together. the University of Memphis, right? Like it's just it's strange. And here's the other thing that I I, I want to bounce this off you, okay? Because I think I've talked about good versus great coaches, right? There are good coaches that have a system that they want to run. And they'll take these pieces of personnel and they'll make that personnel conform to their system. Great coaches, of course, are the ones that go get the personnel. They pick out these guys that they like. And then they'll take that personnel and they'll say, 
hey, you do this well, you do this well, we're going to change some things up, right. we're going to fit this system to you. Adaptability. I'm sorry, man. I keep watching this with Penny, and he wants this defensive culture and the thought process behind it to just sort of be his defensive system. And this year has been very telling to me that he has no adjustment off that. Yeah. There's no real adjustment. And listen, that can work for some. Like, I look at a guy like Tony Bennett at Virginia. He is going to recruit what he wants to fit his system. And they may have some up years, they may have some down years. He's won a natty, so you give him credit for that. But he did lose to a 16 seed as well. But you're going to have up and down years. But I find that the most sustained success is from coaches like Bill Self. They get really good players. Don't get it twisted. He gets right. the best talent in the, in the in the country. But depending on his personnel, he can change around what he wants to do. The past few years, it's been Jalen Wilson and guys like O'Shea Baji, yeah. yada, 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 keeping going on, so on and so forth. I don't think this team that he has at Kansas is great this year, as great as it has, as it has been in the past, but he's got a top-10 team. And what is he doing? He's feeding Hunter Dickinson. He's being a he's being big friendly. Yep. He's switched out around their philosophy to make Hunter Dickinson the sticking point of their offense. Yeah. And he's getting 18 and 10 and a bunch of blocks and all these other things. So like I just feel like if you want to be the best coach you can possibly be, you have to be moldable. You have to be able to change with the times and the talent and the personnel that's given to you. And I don't see that from Penny, man. Yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. He wants it to be one way, his way. Now, who knows? And I'm not betting on this by any stretch of the imagination. There, there can be an inflection point of Penny saying, okay, I got this wrong. Now I need to bring myself to the drawing board and I need to change myself and improve as a coach. I would. I think there's two different things. He can do that, or he can say, "I didn't bring in the right guys. I got to find more dogs and get you know fit my system," which I think is more likely. Yeah. Uh, those are the two options going forward. But I think the better of the two options is to mold yourself and be more mendable as a coach. And I just, it's just frustrating, man. It's frustrating for me to watch. Yeah. Because I think this entire year when they've been struggling, it's fitting a square peg into that round hole. Agreed. It's it's trying to make a high octane <laughs> offensive team theoretically into this defensive juggernaut, and it's just never going to happen. Yet no. he keeps doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, this team has totally squandered their opportunity. Completely gone. Four four games in four days is all they got. Yeah, and then here's can I ask you this? Yeah, and I, Kenny, I want you involved in this as well. I know I'm not the only one questioning if they got an NIT bid, if they would take it, right? I know it sounds crazy on the like on the surface, because like, should we really have that high of a view of ourselves, whatever? But I, I do question if they would actually go to the NIT if they were given that opportunity. It's an interesting thought. It's definitely an interesting thought, because you think about where this team... Because that's in all likelihood, that's what they're getting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, barring a win in the <laughs> AAC tournament, that is where they are going. Yeah. They're not going to be an at-large team. That's gone. I don't. There's no. There's no possible way for that to happen. They would have to win the conference tournament. But I mean, you think about it. All these veteran guys that came to play for the NCAA tournament, for the NCAA championship, where they were just a short time ago. I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't shock me if they declined the bid. Kenny, what do you think on this? Um. I don't know, man. I, am I, I am I like am I going overboard thinking that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, pride would set in, and they're yeah, like, "All right, I, we got." I it. think you, I think you, you absolutely. I mean, you saw the way that the that twenty was it twenty twenty team. Was yeah, that, is that the team that won the NIT? Uh, twenty twenty nineteen. No, it was nineteen. Oh, it was twenty twenty two thousand nineteen. They didn't have a postseason. That's right. Of COVID. Yeah, twenty twenty. Right. Um, they celebrated that. That win, and I know it's. But that was a young team, Kenny. No, it was Landers and Lester, and and. Yeah, I know that was a that was their that was DJ and them's like sophomore year. That was a young team. No, I mean I get that, but I'm just saying like I don't I don't think necessarily that that the Tigers are in a position to decline any kind of postseason I get that. play. I get that, but I just I just wonder who who will want to be involved with right. that. Who's like gonna, a bowl update. It almost feels yeah. like Javon Quinterly. Jaquan Walton, 
Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown. Like, it just feels like you'd have, like, these opt-outs. I right. don't know. I, that, I, that's, that's just where my head's at. I don't know. Because it's just, it. it's all spiraled out of control. And I just don't know if those guys who are done with their college careers or really want to stick around to play the NIT. No, I, I Especially I, Javon Quinterly. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Zero no. percent. All right. Too much negativity. No, Every man, time. but it's it's yeah. Too much, real, too much too real. much too much relativity. I mean, you're yeah, being no, real, man. No, like, no, I'm I, not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I know. Listen, there, there's there's. I'm not there's, saying let's go be positive. There's right a faction now. Was, of every fan base who will always tell you you're being a hater when you're being real. Oh yeah, I was. And I've just gotten over that. You have to get over that. A, and I do think those people are a lot quieter these days. No, you've misunderstood me. I was saying there's a lot of negativity. So let's transition out of this and get, <laughs> okay, and get to the I hot three. So we don't have to be negative anymore because we're not going to stay on the University of Memphis basketball program and have any positivity to really talk about. So, in that vein, let's get out of the negativity. Okay. Kenny's going to spin this around for us. We're nice. going to take a break. We're going to come back with the hot three, and we're going to be a little bit more positive. Good. Hopefully. Good. It has been quite the break. Yeah, like that Vince McMahon meme where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's me right now. Holy it, Toledo. TJ, we're not, we can't have 10% beers when we <laughs> eat dinner at five o'clock and record at 11. <laughs> oh, so I'm still fine <laughs> for body to get back with this there. Dear God. <laughs> so. <laughs> Great, great. <laughs> so, oh we got the commercial break. <laughs> Supposedly, there's a, uh, a video of Drake going around the internet, and Kenny just sent me a steel shot. And oh, <laughs> it's gonna take a minute to recover from that. That's what she said. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. But I just want to ask the question. Should Derrick Rose retire? <laughs> I mean... I'm being dead serious. It's not nothing against the guy. I know, I know you are. That's why it sucks. I'm asking the, a legit question because he can't stay injury-free. I don't know if it, you know, maybe an off-season helps. Magic 8-Ball. All signs point to yes. Sheesh. That's it's, the sad part of it, too. It's, again, like, I know a lot of people want him to do the Udonis Haslam thing. Like, that's, that's the extent of... Derrick Rose at this point. It's okay. Like, he still showed. I mean, he had a nice move under the basket tonight, but it's man, like he's always hurt for a reason, dude. His body's just it, it doesn't have it, right? And yeah. if he can fit into Udonis Haslam type role where he's just the bench guy and the vet for the team, then that's yeah. awesome. I tune in to the Grizz 901 post game show live after every Grizzlies game on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. What would happen if you took the GNG Grizzlies against? I seen it. The right now, I've seen it the last four years. Grizz next gen. I'm like, bro, this team would sweep the shit out of the, uh, oh my Zebo God. and them. Let me cut my emotions off and just go look at some numbers, right? Because people are like, oh man, that team did way more than this team did in the playoffs. I was like, mm, I remember, I remember being disappointed a lot. And I love the core four, man. The core four was the, a super fun run, bro. But like. That team got put out in the first round four times, and they were four and seven in playoff series. Had a losing record overall in the playoffs. I like not, don't act like there was just some super good team that was like, yeah. <laughs> like bro, like, like stop, they were bro. never legit contenders. It yeah. was on, it was only one year that I thought that they legit could have won. The year they went and got Jeff Green, they had the best record in the yep. league for a long time. The core four Grizzlies, grit and grind era would not be a good team in today's NBA, bro. The way teams move the ball now, oh, you getting your ass up out yep. of here like quickly. Oh, you got two bigs on the court. Oh, and one of them came to be in the pick and roll. Oh, okay. Yep. Bring your ass yep. out. You get swept, bro. <laughs> Tune in to the Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel.
been super <laughs> said, yeah. Yeah. negative. Yes. Lots of realness. Realness. But it's time. Sorry, my energy's down tonight, guys, because just a little bit annoyed. I, I, you know what, Penny? I mean, Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I understand. But you know what? We're going to talk about some actual good college basketball. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, there we go. Let's do it. Uh, let's get into the hot three. Topic number one. Uh, ESPN put out power rankings for um, last week uh, in college basketball. Um, they put out their top 10. I think they did more than that, but I'm just going to go top 10 with y'all. Uh, we, we, they're, they're top three, and obviously Purdue lost uh, against Ohio State. Ohio State beat them, which it, it's kind of a – Chris Holtman got fired last yeah, week. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation, right? Like, you know, uh, hey, <laughs> sometimes when you fire a coach, the team plays well. And I it, don't know. Hey, I don't – I mean, <laughs> I don't want to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kitty. <laughs> kitty. Hey, I hear you. I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't get on me, please. Everybody's going to freak out. Um, but Ohio State obviously beat Purdue. But in this in this, uh, in this, this power rankings, they had UConn number one, obviously, Purdue number two, and Houston number three. Those three teams are uber legit, right? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Which one? Which team have you been most impressed with so far this year? UConn. You, <laughs> um, and I don't even have to take time with that one. No. I'll say Purdue's resume is nuts. They're 15-2 and two in the quad one, yeah. which is crazy. Um, but UConn is just, man, they have everything you need. They have the shooting that you that you want. Um, they have the bigs yeah. with Donovan Klingon sort of being the guy. He had, against Marquette, they won 81-53. He had 17-10-2. And, and he was 7 of 8 from the floor. And he was ridiculous from the floor. Yeah. They have everything you need and i think that uh danny hurley man um we it's talk about coaches boy, well, he's <laughs> he, crazy he's a wild but we talk about coaches at the top of college basketball man he's do right not there. leave him out no yeah, don't leave him out nope. anymore you can't but and he and speaking of program building he has done that and he has taken his he's taken some time he's had some continuity he's brought in transfers that had a little bit of continuity right. that have stayed for a few years that's a program builder right there yeah. no you're not wrong Houston, i mean UConn's and of course, been, Kelvin too. Right. Oh my God. UConn's been extremely impressive, but Houston also has because yeah. there was still a little bit of, you know, they they lost some things. What are they going to be like this year? Because they did lose some of their their best players from last year's team, and they are steamrolling. I, I think it's to me, UConn, Purdue in that order, space, Houston, Houston space, rest of everybody. Else. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all because, like you said, with Purdue. I know right now, optically, we could be like, oh, okay, you could put Houston ahead of them now. But when you look at their resume and just what they've done overall this season, it's hard not to consider them right up there with UConn. And if they have Zach Ide and he's healthy, they're going to be a and hard team to beat. They're going to be a tough day at the office because when you got a seven foot four center, that's a uh, that's tough. And they're playing like their their guards are playing good ball that's, that's right. the difference that's the thing. Braden between Smith, last year Fletcher yeah. Lawyer they're actually playing good yeah, ball right. and they're not turning the ball over at a high rate and they can still use Zach Eady in the same way yeah so that's that's the difference between them a year ago versus now yeah. right because that that was the big knock on them was their guard, guard play. play yeah yep all right, so those three are obviously contenders, right? So UConn, Purdue, Houston, they could easily be in the championship game. Honestly, I was saying this during the break, UConn and Houston national championship game would just be... <laughs> nutso. Nutso. It would be a war in every sense of the word. It'd be crazy. Um, all right, so but let's go through this. I want to go through four through ten with you all in their power rankings, and I want you to tell me, are they pretenders or are they contenders? Okay. All right, here we go. Number four is the Arizona Wildcats. They are 20 and five. Previous ranking was five this week. They uh, play Washington State and Washington. I don't know what they did, but I, I'm going to say just for the sake of the unknown, the unknown, I like Tommy Lloyd. I like what he's built at Arizona. Gonzaga hasn't been the same since he left Mark Few. Right. I'm going to say pretenders, though, because the Pac-12 sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. And you have, like, Washington State is second in the Pac-12 right now. USC and UCLA are complete no-shows. So it's more of an unknown with Arizona. And they lost to Florida Atlantic earlier in the year. Yep. So I've seen they're capable of losing games like that. So I'm going to say pretenders 
Because I think their record and their resume is boosted up by a really bad Pac-12. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And we're probably, over the next five or six teams, you're probably going to hear a lot of that because it has been a lot of up and down for these teams. They get the big wins against bad opponents. They beat up on inferior opponents. And then sometimes in those big games against quality teams, they show up. And then other times, yeah, they don't. Flat. So I'm, I'm, I'm fair with calling Arizona a pretender at this point. All right, number five. Um, our good friends from the east, the Tennessee Volunteers. Ooh. They are 19 and 6. They uh, they were previous ranking was 8th. They smacked Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Are they pretenders or are they contenders? I'd call them a contender. I'm going to go contender as well, man. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go contender. Dalton Connect is a freakazoid. Yeah, he is. And he does it with great efficiency, and he doesn't turn the ball over, and he can get his teammates involved. Um, I think like when you look defensively, they're phenomenal. And this is one of the best offensive teams, I man, think, that they've, that, that, that they've had. That Rick Barnes has had. Under Rick Barnes. And yep. uh, Vescovy still solid. Yep. Um, Zai Ziegler. Is, oh, yeah. Zakai Ziegler. Zakai, well, sorry. It was kind of interesting, yeah. though, because the start of the year was Zakai Ziegler. I thought he was going to be the reason they were held back because he had the big injury last yeah, the, year. Yeah, right. ACL. So ACL. he was playing kind of slow and not like himself, but he's picked it up. He's he's not getting knockaways. He's playing pretty efficient on the offensive end now because he's back sort of at full strength. Yeah. So I really – I think they're a contender. I really do. Yeah, I think they're going I just I the the Tennessee freaking track record. It's what they, Rick but even, even this year, it's there's still been a little bit of that roller coaster. Action. Yeah, but I, I you know again with with Rick Barnes' teams, if if he can get the offense to match the defense to at least a certain extent, right, I can call them a contender. Mm. But we know that they just tend to fall short yep. in pressure moments. I'll say but. this. I'll say this. I, I watch a lot of Tennessee games because they're honestly a very fun team to watch. Dalton Connect is one of the only guys. The only clear, obvious pro-level basketball player in college basketball. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That uses pro-level movement. Yeah. That's fair. Good footwork. That, that whole thing. And can make it work in a college basketball game that the rules do he, not allow for that kind of movement to work. Isn't it nuts, though? He's Northern so, Colorado. So talented, man. Northern Colorado. Yeah. He was, wasn't he a two-year player in Northern Colorado before he went to Tennessee? Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> I'm like, damn, man. I Holy hell. Yeah. That's impressive. This, that's, a, that's a come up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you this, though. I think the linchpin for that Tennessee team to make a deep run. Josiah Jordan James. Him, to, him too. If he can have his mid-range game, if he can, you know, kind of gash those zones up. Like, because they're going to try to make them. They're going to zone them up and try to. Because you, you can't stay in front of Zakai and you can't stay with Dalton. you got to try to zone them up the whole time. Um, but I think Jonas Adu yeah. Yeah. is a – He's a monster. He's a – when he is on defensively, he is a an eraser on every level. Yeah. And so I love the Tennessee team. Yeah. I think they're, they're so well, good. They're a very well-balanced team. All right, next. Uh, hold on. Okay, okay. All maybe, right. Maybe we should have just done top five. Is this, <laughs> this going to take too long? Yeah, we'll, just, we can, we'll, 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 we'll rapid fire. Yeah, right, we'll rapid fire this. the top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I knew I wanted to get to Tennessee because there was going to be a lot of Tennessee fans. And we'll go back and this. forth. How yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. I'll right. take six. You All take right, six. Okay. Iowa State Cyclones, 20 and five. Game. I, I'm going to say pretender. I'm not going to buy it yet. Um, they're at the top of the. Uh, the Big 12 right now, but they're playing Houston in a big game tonight. So, obviously, tomorrow we'll have a final on that. Mm -hmm. So, I think Houston's at home, and they could take the top spot in the Big 12. I'm just going to say pretender uh, for the simple fact that I, I think Iowa State has a lot of guys that haven't quite been able to get to these heights yet. So, I'm just going to call them pretender at this moment. That's All fair. right. Uh, Marquette Golden Eagles. Christian. I, 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 I struggle with this one because I love – what Marquette has and I know same thing like talking optically with what just happened uh, to Purdue they just got smashed by UConn <laughs> but I still like them they beat Kansas earlier they, they beat Kansas I still like Tyler Collect. still like Cam Jones I like what they have on the roster who's their big he's a stud man he can move all over the place can't think of his name I can't think of his name, name right now I'll, I'll look it up you keep going Um, but no I mean I think that, I think that's one of the here you go. You're talking about Oso Igadaro. Yes, yes, Oso Igadaro. Yeah. He, he can play. Yeah. No, they've got... They, he can they, run the floor, They've too. got talent. They've got shooters. They've got guard play. Like, they are good in most levels. I think defensively, sometimes they leave a little bit to be desired. But they're, the games, when they're on, they can score with pretty much anybody, anybody. in the country. Yep. Yeah. Cam Jones from so Memphis. So, contender. Killer. Contender. 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 Yep. Oh, wow. 
I thought you would. Uh, oh man, I, I'm surprised by that one. All right, uh, number eight. North Carolina Tar Heels. I wanted this one. Oh God, I'm, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Pretender for right now. Really? Um, I disagree. I, I disagree just, too. I, I don't, I don't quite, I don't quite know how much I buy into them at this particular moment. I Baycott, I like as a big. Um, if Harrison, Harrison Ingram, Ingram is a stud, Ooh, yeah. but yeah. I, I just have to see more experience RJ Davis. in these situations. Yep. RJ Davis has the experience, but he also has the bad experience of last year. That's fair. I'm just going to say pretender for now. Um, but this is all these things are up for up for debate as we get close to the tournament. Here's okay. your here's your team, Christian. Kansas Jayhawks, pretender, contender. I wish I see. I wish I would have got this one. We should have switched. Yeah, but go ahead. Um. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go contender with okay. him. Wow. I think I am. I would have I would have gone the other way. McCuller has to McCuller is has to be good for them to be Dewan Harris has to be good. Right. He's been hurt and yeah. stuff now. Yeah, now they they do have caveats, but they have McCuller, they have Hunter Dickinson, like they still have the top end talent to do it. It's just different. It is different. Do they have to all do it on the same night for them to do it? Yeah, probably. They're not an unreasonably good defensive team. Right. They're no. not an unreasonably good shooting team. No, no that's and true. And that's, what, that's what I, where I run into it. It's like, man, and I give Bill Self a shit ton of credit. For man, sure. Because you're bringing in Hunter Dickinson. He hasn't. Kenny and I, just to, inside baseball, we talked about it before the show. He has not ran plays through the post at this rate since Cole Aldrich. Yeah. Like, it's been that long since he's done that. Because Joel Embiid was hurt and, like, in and out, and they didn't really use him at that rate. I think he was the fourth leading scorer on that team. Yeah. Um, But for Bill Self to have this style of team and still have this level of success, you give him a lot of credit. And I don't know if you can ever... I'll give you contender. I would have said pretender just because I don't think they're actually. But can go you ever that far. completely? You can count never out rule out Bill Self yeah. in Kansas. You just I just can't. feel like everything has to go right. It for does. Them. I agree. It does. It does. It like does. Johnny Furphy, Furphy has to yes. have incredible. Nick Timberlake, what was that? What's he been? He's been know. nothing. I don't man. know. That's weird too because I actually really he can like shoot. Nick Timberlake he can shoot. And he's, yeah. I would have loved him at Memphis, yes. but like, yes, it has not been good. No. All right, him. Christian, last one. Nope, number no, it's 10. me. Me, I'm last one. Oh, I'm sorry, Gabe. Uh, number 10, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, God, and this is just copy and paste. I don't give a damn who you are. I'm copy and pasting every year with the NATO. It's coach team. I don't really care who's on the team because he's had really good talent. I'm going to say pretender. You're not going to be able to consistently just get wide open threes, get to the, uh, you know, knock down or get easy layups at the rim. If you're putting up 33s a game, you're going to have bad. Yeah. You're going to have bad shooting nights. Yep. And to get five wins in a row in a tournament setting, just putting up that many threes and trying to get to 100 points, I just think you're, you're leaving way too much up to chance. Yeah. That's just how I feel about Alabama. Yeah, and you, you, you're just living and dying by the three, and then eventually, even if you have a nice run, you're going to have a team that closes out on three point line that makes it hard for you, and you're just not those shots aren't going to drop at the same rate. Yep. And to add to that, before we wrap this up, like if they couldn't do it last year with with that team with Brandon Miller and all the talent that team had, then I don't think they can do it this year. Yeah, it's just, I agree. I, I just I think that's I hate to say it. Nate Oates has done a good job, but he's. He sort of is right there with Rick Barnes. No, and I, he's 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 a better coach than Penny Hardaway. I'm going to say that right now. People can hate me in the comments, but it's just a fact. It's just come on, yeah. like don't argue that with me. But he sort of fits in the category of mm. I'm going to do it my way, and I'm not going to. There's no if ands or buts. Fair. No deviation from the system. I, if if I, he does not have answers if they don't knock down three yeah. balls. Mm, that's a good point. It's fair. I like that. All right, good job, guys. Uh, topic number two, you guys ready? Yep. A lot of UFC news coming out. Obviously, 298 was this weekend. 299 is coming up, and then 300 was announced, the main event. Um, 298 had some pretty cool storylines coming yep. out of it. Danny Barlow from Memphis Shout from out. Law School. Hell in yeah, the left hand to God. Left hand to God, baby. Uh, knocked out, was it Johnny Quinlan? Is that his, Johnny? Uh, it was, uh, or it was Quinlan. It was Quinlan. Yeah. Quinlan. Quinlan. Quinlan, who has, man, the dude had hands. He had power, Yep. but he Barlow got, knocked him out. Yeah, he got schlepty schlepped in that um, fight. Um, and and then, he broke his arm, apparently, earlier in that fight. Quinlan or Barlow? Barlow. Barlow. Did he? Yeah, yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah. Probably so. Um, and then, obviously, the uh, main event. Mm. Um, we saw the 
the final or the the end of a of a title reign by um, Volkanovsky um, getting slept by Ilya Taporia. Yep. Is right. this the Tapor- Taporia era? Talk Danny Barlow, Taporia era. What What do y'all think? I want to talk about Barlow first. Did you get to watch a fight? Yeah. It was. I I thought he stood and traded when he was asked to defend a takedown he did that yeah and i think it was about as good a ufc ufc debut as you can ask for get a knockout yeah hell yeah own a guy on the feet be exciting he did he checked all the boxes for dana white to really probably latch on to him and love him yeah the one thing i'll say on danny barlow before we transition to Ilya taporia and alexander volkanovsky is the moment didn't look too big for him and also listen and he's 28 and he's gonna have more fights where this comes from but defend a little better there's right. some things around the edges to work on, but man, but, shout out. But you know, you know, you know. Sometimes, yeah, in the, in find those, better angles. I heard those, Dean Thomas talking about that, or is that his name? Yeah, Dean, Dean Thomas. Thomas yeah, yeah, talking about it during the fight. He's like, he could knock this guy out right now if he just found better angles and yeah. used his feet offensively. Sometimes in those UFC debuts, though, you see the nerves get the best. And I, I, don't I didn't think, see that didn't see even that slightly. And and he's man, just quick sidebar before we get into the yeah. rest of it. It is massively fun to just have a guy from Memphis that we can root on every For time. For sure. Like, there's just a pride about it. Yeah, that you absolutely. Can just, every time you know he's on the card, you tune in. Yeah. You're rooting for him. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that part of it. I mean, it. I felt that way about Rampage. Rampage. Rampage didn't live in Memphis, right? right? Like, Danny Barlow is in South Memphis. He's Westwood. Like, right. this dude, Law School MMA is here in Memphis. They are a massive crew. Shout out to the Attitude MMA guys, yep. man. Like, if you are a Memphis fan and you love the MMA stuff... You have, or if you're a Memphis resident or even somewhere close, you have got to come and check out Attitude MMA fights because yes. that's where Danny Barlow got to start. That's the first first card I went to at Attitude MMA. I got to see Danny Barlow in the in the uh, main event. Knock and now out, they're knock out a dude in the first round. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And like, now they're putting dudes in the uh, UFC. So like they're getting noticed too over there, man. They're getting better contracts. They're getting more eye, eyeballs on their events. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it really is worth it. It's I, worth I it can to go. say that a hundred percent. It's worth it. All right, let's talk. Let's go two ninety nine real quick. Well, okay. no, well, we gotta we gotta get the Volk real oh, quick. Oh, Vulcan. Yeah, let's, I'm sorry. let's Vulcan. hit it, let's hit it yeah. real quick. And then Kenny, for <sighs> for talking two ninety nine and three hundred, uh, I just want you to give us a. We're doing this totally on the fly, but I want you to give us like a list of the fights on the two main cards, and I want to rank the top yep. five for two ninety nine and three hundred. Okay, but okay. Vulcan Ilya Taporia. Volk's one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. I love Alexander Volkanovsky. He's been as game as they come, and he's been incredible. But there's something about that 35-year-old age, and you've got people talking about this he's now. He's too active, man, he's for too, his own good. And, that, and that's the thing. I don't think he's falling off skills-wise. I just think being 35 and being in some of the fights that he's been in, he hasn't been in a ton of wars, but it's just a, it, it's just that back-to-back-to-back-to-back. We saw Israel Adesanya get kind of worn down from this and be like, I need to take a break. I, I don't think it'd be ba- bad for Volk. He suffered that head kick loss, I think it was in October, to Islam Makachev. Bad knockout. Then he comes back in this fight, gets caught right on the button by Ilya Taporia, shuts his lights out, even though Volk won the first round. But on Ilya Taporia, he's incredible. Like, he yeah. is clearly, I, I believe, the future of the featherweight division. Because if you can beat Alexander Volkanovsky, you yeah. can beat anybody in that division. Yes, but okay. If someone can take him into the fifth round, I think Max Holloway is an interesting one. It's it is because of his for cardio. Yeah, his cardio is unbelievable, and he can just keep you at bay. He can keep you on the end of punches but for five rounds. If Ilya but makes if Ilya contact, Tapuria, I swear. And I like here's the thing about Volk. If you're if you're talking about his chin, I think that's fair because he's fought so many times in a row. And maybe if he would have taken a nine months off, maybe he doesn't get his lights shut out that right. bad. But Ilya Tapuria, man, his accuracy. Yeah. When he when he finds an opening, he's taking it and he is shutting your lights out. It's stunning Dude's stuff. Got hands. Like I'm I'm not kidding, man. Like if you go just look at his best knockouts throughout his career, it, it's one punch out, yeah. falls straight down, yeah. legs out. limp, gone. Yep. He is ridiculous with his pop. Yep. It's nuts. But I think, man, when we talk about like well-rounded strikers, like Max Holloway fighting that guy, it'd be fun. I'm not saying Max Holloway picks him apart and like hurts him real but bad. He, he gives him a challenge for but sure. But damn, man, if he can go five rounds with that guy, he could win a decision pretty handily. I think. Yeah, possibly. But Ilya Tapuria is free. He's, he's what fifteen and zero. Yeah, and twenty-seven years old. God, he's got hands. He's legit. He's got pop. Yeah, crazy pop. 
All right, let's compare 299 and 300 main cards. Are we just doing main cards? Or yeah. Are we doing... So so take 299 and 300, read both main cards, yes. and I want me and Gabe to kind of rank the top fights. On We can do top three. We'll do the top three top fights three. between hey, the two cards. Let me tell you something. All of both of those cards from top to bottom are stacked. Are stacked. stacked. Yeah. All right. So top three for 299. No, for both. No, hold, I'm no, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I yeah. see what you're saying. All right, top three for two ninety nine: Kevin Holland versus Michael Venom Page. That's gonna be an t- absolute banger. Sorry, kid, keep going. No, I mean <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, just announced it was dropped. Now it's back. Dustin Poirier versus Benoit Saint Denis. Banger, banger. Yep. Benoit Saint Denis is a monster killer. All right, yep. uh, championship fight: Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Cheeto Vera. I like that for the. Oh, yep. I like that for the. You know. Banger. Yeah, I want to see Sean O'Malley avenge himself potentially. Yeah, all see right. if it was a fluke or not. Keep going though. Keep so going. the third. So all right, that's the top three. The three. <laughs> it's impossible in the three hundred. Like <laughs> you could go all of them. Uh, here we go. Uh, you're talking about Max Holloway fighting Ilya Taporia. He finally's got to get through Justin Gaethje. Banger in three hundred. It's the BMF fight. Oh God. Okay. And then uh, Zhang Wei Lee versus Yan Xiaonan. Okay. I like Zhang. She might be one of my favorite fighters to watch. I love Zhang Wei Lee. Uh, main car or the title fight is Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill. I okay. think I, I don't even think you listed possibly the best fight between the two cards, which is Charles Oliveira versus Armin Sarukian. Oh my God. <laughs> That's right. a banger. All right. Um, between those six fights, what's your top three, Gabe? Okay. Uh, just because I love Kevin Holland, let me put Holland and Michael Venom Page in there because I know they're just going to be fucking That is going to be yeah. wild. They're gonna, it'll be a war. Yeah. It, may be out, it may be done in the first round, but they're going to go yeah, to war it's gonna be, it's for gonna one be good. round. Um, uh, I'll go with... Uh, All right. But you, okay. I'll go with Oliveira, Sarukian, and two. Okay. Give me a winner. Two. Oh, wait. We'll, we'll do that. You know, we'll have time to get that okay. done. Okay, okay, okay. And then number one, just for the the entertainment value and avenging a loss, give me Cheeto and O'Malley at the wow. top. Wow. Those are your top three? Yeah. Give me Cheeto and O'Malley. Right. Christian, what's your top three? I really three? want to put Kevin Holland and MVP in there, but... I, I had to. I, won't I had because to because I'm a big Kevin Holland fan. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I love Kevin Holland, but I'll go. But I, I, I hate leaving out. Damn. Yeah, G- G- Gage G- 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 Holloway is my number one. So what are y'all talking about? I'm going to leave out, honestly, G- but I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I have to leave that out, just even though I'm going to love it. Yeah, that's my number one. That's my number one, Gagey Holloway, two, Charlie Olives and Sarukian, and three is Cheeto Vera and Sean O'Malley. Okay. Nobody's saying Jamal Hill and Alex uh, yeah. it, I mean, it's close. Well, it's really close. Here's my thing about the light heavyweight division in general. Let If Poetan, if we have Alex Pajeda win another fight and he's sort of holding that belt, we can have more uh, entertainment value, name right. recognition value. Light heavyweight kind of has to build Light up to heavyweight first. is sort of at the, at the ground level That's right true. now. Just All let right. it build. We have the same three fights. Pick the winners. I'm gonna go. O'Malley beats Cheeto, mm-hmm. gets the revenge. I'm gonna. I'm yes. gonna go. I'm gonna go. Sarukian. I'm going. Page. No way. Sarukian no way. beats Charles I'm, Oliveira. I'm going Page Oliveira and uh, Gaethje. And uh, I didn't put Gaethje in that in my. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm gonna go Page over Holland, Oliveira over Sarukian, and I'm gonna go my uh, third. Five. It was it was Cheeto and O'Malley. I'm gonna go O'Malley. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Gaethje for Gaethje Holloway. Yeah, but we have some great fights. No, dude. Banger. I was surprised as hell that we had Jamal Hill get in the get in the nod for yeah. Pajeda. But it's gonna be a good fight. I mean, with all the stuff he's the law trouble. Right. But those are those through. are two those are two exciting fighters. That's a it, it's gonna be a good fight. I, I will be interested to see how Jamal Hill comes back from the Achilles' his first fight back from injury, but we shall see. It's going to be a fun one. All right, topic number three. You guys ready? Let's go local Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, it's all-star break, so there's not a whole lot going on with the Grizzlies, but uh, the Grizzlies had gone on a uh, nine-game losing streak, boys. <laughs> um, streak. It was shab. a rough one. Not not, uh, not a good, not good. Um, I, it, but I think a lot of folks are, a lot of Memphis fans, and rightfully so, are just like, hey, man. Get to the positivity, Vince, though, before we Vince, got to all-star break. Vince and Gigi are still continuing we- to develop, and then they come out. <laughs> 
and they win. Who did they beat the first game? The, 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 Rockets. the Rockets. The Rockets. They came back. Dylan Brooks came back, and they beat the Rockets, which was a blast. Dylan Brooks, by the way, perfect Dylan Brooks game. Perfect. Yeah. Five yeah. for 17 from the field. Yep. Beautiful. Houston fans are starting to see what Memphis fans have been feeling for the last few years. Like, it's pretty crazy. Um, and then they came back, and the G League team, the G League Ignite team from the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> came out, and they took on – uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Dame Lillard, and they beat the brakes off of them. Yep. Yeah, well, 113, 110. Whatever. Beat the brakes is a little, little overstated, buddy. You I take that. Say. You, you take adjust, that. You adjust it for talent. Like, exactly. Yeah. There's, the a, there's, a, there's yeah. a scale. There's a scale to um, it. That three points is more like 10. So, really, what we're getting down to, though, I think the rest of this season, and I, you know, I obviously, inside baseball, we talk about these things before we actually, you know, are in our pre show meeting. No, but we Kenny, don't. This is all a surprise. Kenny, Kenny wants to bring it up. You know, Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. Yeah, ceilings and what they could be next year. I think Vince Williams Jr. has already put himself in six-man territory, if not starting, if Marcus Smart yeah. does not look great yep. with the starting lineup. like That's who he is, and I think he brings all the best qualities that uh, that uh, Dylan Brooks had without the bad qualities right. of taking too many shots and being demonstrative and all these issues. He's still demonstrative, but he doesn't get a whole lot of right. technicals. I love Vince Williams Jr. as sixth, seventh guy. Yeah. If and you're not and you, sliding into that starting lineup because I think he would fit tremendously. Right. And you know why? Guys. Because he does everything well. He rebounds everything. well. He can he, knock down a three ball. Well. He passes. We're all, we're literally, when we come back from the, the all-star break, we're talking about Vince Williams Jr. triple-double Trip watch. Dubs. Yeah. That's where he's there. What he's was, close. What was the, the Bucks game? 18, 12, and 7? 18, 12, and 7. Yeah. Yep. He's on trip-double watch. Now. Yes. And he didn't even make a three yeah, no. in that game. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's funny because, like, everybody asks, like, you know, what, what, there's been questions about him. First, it's like, oh, he's got the defense. Can he play offense? Okay, he can play offense. What about the three ball? Knocks down the three ball. Yep. Well, what about getting his teammates involved? Now he's getting his teammates yep. involved. He's uh, The last six games for the All-Star break averaged 7.4 assists, assists per, per game. game. So... Man, you just got to tip the cap and stop denying this guy. It's right. very clear. He's making himself undeniable. Yep. And then on the flip side of that, Gigi Jackson. And this one's, honestly, Gabe, this one's been really interesting because when he first started playing and, and he had some decent games, we were like, pump the brakes. Yeah. Extreme pump absolutely, the brakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we've seen consistency now. Yes. And with how young Gigi is, let's not, let's not lie. Like, he is oozing with potential. Oh, God, yeah. Oozing with potential. here's my thing though, and he's here's here's so young and so talented, and we, I still don't think we can get carried away. Yeah, but I just, I'm not there. But it's fun to look at it and say, 19, 20, like what is he? How does he develop? Here's my thing. Remember when I talked about the difference of like if he'll develop into what we want him to develop in, uh, de <laughs> if he will develop into what. We what we want him to develop into yeah or when he develops into what we want him to develop into yeah i'm on the win side now yeah I'm, I'm no longer if i think this guy 19 gonna be 20 by the time we get into the next year still a young 20 at that point right won't have a legal beer till 2025 <laughs> um i mean he's shooting i think over the last eight games going into the all-star break 50 percent from three i think those come down a little uh, bit of course but when he's open from the three-point line he's great He's doing a lot of these things within the flow of an offense. He gives effort on the defensive end. Um, he had three blocks, I think, against the Rockets. Against the Rockets, yeah. And he's had multiple games where he got to 27 points. Um, Including I, I, in that you Bucks game. you got to get hyped up about it. you yeah. got to be hyped up about what he could become. And uh, I I have a comp that I want to just throw your way. Do it. Throw your way. And I'm not going to say – I like comps. Let's I'm do not going to say that this is like – the only the highest he can get to because maybe he could get higher he's 19 years old who the hell knows and really we're only scratching the surface of what he could become yeah. i said for this team if he could become their michael porter jr that would be pretty phenomenal and he's putting up what 10 threes in that yeah. in that uh game against the bucks He's a really solid offensive player with a good offensive bag he's hey. long he's athletic it's not bad it's not bad. Rebound I had another comp. I had another comp that someone sent to me. What you got? Um, after the after the Bucks game, somebody a friend of mine texted me and said he gets glimpses of an early Jeff Green out of Gigi Jackson. Early in his career, Jeff Green. 
That's all we're doing. Why are we gonna? Yeah, just, I, Je- just Jeff Green. <laughs> Jeff Green. Let's not forget. Damn. I mean, Jeff no, Green was. Like, let's not forget. No, Boston liked. Celtics. Jeff Green before the heart situation. I mean, situation damn. Was I'm good. trying. I'm trying to. Good, I'm trying but, to get to like a, a aspirational place. Well, no, I feel you. I feel you. I like said Paul. G- I said I, Paul I, George. I'm not gonna lie. I think. It was, <laughs> Did you hear him? <laughs> Paul George. Paul George. Is nuts. <laughs> I, literally, it, can, you can admit this. People that are listening to this and are and are Grizzlies fans. And they're like, okay, the aspirational height for him is Jeff, Jeff Green. Green. All right, like, listen. What? Listen. Yeah. Let's be a little bit more. Let's be more fun than that. Okay, okay. Lifetime bench player. <laughs> like, what the hell? Come on. I get it because he has all like the, he has his tools. Right. And Jeff Green always had tools, but Jeff Green was never like. Jeff Green was awesome back in the day. But I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. It's like saying Jamichael Green, think, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, damn, man. Like, I, no. And here's I'm the crazy gonna, part. On that. Here's the crazy part. I for think the if, if Gigi Jackson only became Jeff Green, people would be slightly disappointed. If yeah. not very Not for this Grizzlies. Here's the crazy part. The Grizzlies have signed both of them. They both came in to, on a two-way contract this year with the G League, um, with the hustle. And now the Grizzlies have signed both of them to roster spots. Yep. For cheap. Next year, John Conchar will be making $2 million more than Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson combined. You want to hear my favorite stat? Next year, between Marcus Smart, Vince Williams Jr., and Gigi Jackson, they'll be making $23 million. Yeah. What does Dylan Brooks make next year? $22 million. It's crazy. It's worth it. It was worth it. I don't know. Well, we'll see if it is fully worth it. I but mean, I think it looks like yeah, it. It definitely it looks does. pretty damn good. I it's mean, aging can, pretty well. Can you imagine next year when everybody's healthy bringing out Vince Williams, Marcus Smart, and Jaron Jackson Jr. on the defensive end? No, yeah. that's nuts. It's terrifying. It's terrifying for, for other sure. teams. All right, boys. Good episode today. Yeah. Let's wrap yeah, it up. Great. It's great. All right. We appreciate you guys for joining us this week. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like, subscribe, and comment there if you're listening wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you can like, subscribe, comment there as well. We appreciate you guys so much joining us, hanging out with us every week, and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.